Hey, everybody. Welcome to church this weekend. We are so glad that you are joining with us. We're going to be mixing it up, doing something a little bit different. And so we're at a table. I have my beautiful wife. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. My son, Nick, just to keep everything straight today and keep us on <laughs> online. Um, before we get into what we want to talk about, we're just going to encourage you in your giving today. Uh, I want to just say a, a huge, huge thank, thank you to all the yeah. Celebration family that has just been faithful uh, week after week. I believe this is our fifth weekend that we're doing church online. And uh, to be honest with you, I'm just really, really uh, blessed yeah. and a little bit shocked how you have stood with us because you're not in this room. We don't, we don't see you. And it'd be easy for you to just kind of check out and do your own thing. But, but to the Celebration family, you have stood with us week after week, and you have sustained uh, the house of the Lord for us to do what we do in this community and around the world. So Celebration family, thank you, thank you, thank you for, for giving, for tithing, for bringing your offerings. Uh, we are truly making a difference as you stand with us. You know, we are because when you give, what you're doing is funding the cause of Christ. And so no matter where you are right now, uh, whether, you know, your job has increased or maybe some of you, I do know that maybe your job has decreased, whatever you have in your hand, as you're faithful to God with it, really it's your trust. It's your just belief knowing, God, I'm putting you first in every area of our life. You know, it kind of reminds me of a story uh, about Jesus in the New Testament. It says he was sitting with his disciples. He was sitting across from the offering bucket as people were coming and putting their offering in. It says there were plenty of rich, wealthy people coming and putting in of their abundance into the kingdom of God because they had a heart and a passion for the kingdom of God. It was funding the kingdom of Christ here on this earth. And then you had... This one woman that came, and the Bible says she gave two little small coins, the fraction of a penny. And Jesus looked, and he saw that. And he said, this woman has given more than them all because she gave out of her, you know, her, what she had in her hand, which was, wasn't as much. And uh, I, I think sometimes in these situations, maybe when we've lost our job or we just don't have as much to give, we almost look at, at it as insignificant. You know, I know when Randy and I were in Bible school, and he talks about making $22 a day or, you know, about $150 a week. You know, when we were giving our, bringing our $15 of tithe or, you know, our, sometimes our offerings of just quarters, you know, to us at that moment, it seemed, well, this is so little, what can it do? You know, and then it also seemed at times this is so big, it could buy a gallon of milk at the moment. But I just found that when we were faithful to God in those uh, harder times, that it just proved God even more faithful. We saw such great increase in our life in other ways. You know, whether it was people uh, providing extra income, you know, by slipping, you know, some money in our pocket or, or just supernatural God debt cancellation. And I think I just want to encourage us all, even in this time, you know, as we're just trusting God with what we have, whether we're making a lot or making very little, we still are, are trusting God what God is doing in our life. And when we bring of our resources, it's just saying, God, I trust you and I trust what you're doing in this valley, through this church, and all over the world. I think that's where our gratitude is. You know, just so thankful for a people who believe in the cause of Christ in this valley and all over the world. It's a powerful thing. So, so powerful. And uh, so if you're asking, hey, pastor, what, what, sh what should we be doing? 
Be faithful with what you have. Don't, don't get into fear. Don't hold back. Don't hold on. Honor God with your tithe and with your offering. And uh, you know what you're going to do? You're going to position yourself yeah. for God to do miracles in your life financially. We know that a lot of us are not as concerned with the, the, the coronavirus as we are a financial lack virus. <laughs> and so we're going to pray and believe with you that in this season, like it always happened throughout the Bible, that God always prospered his people mm-hmm. in famine when they were faithful to do what he said to do. So celebration, whether you're giving online through text message, or, uh, through yeah. text giving or through our church app, which is one of the greatest ways to give. In fact, I believe 90% of our church last week gave through technology. So you guys are learning. Hey, <laughs> that's off to you. About a 10% of you, you mailed it in, stuck it under the door. That takes effort uh, too. And that takes effort. Yeah. And we are so excited and so thankful. And you can go on our website, get our PO box. The important part that you're doing it. And uh, I, again, I'm just, as I'm looking at, at, at just the, the, the people that are doing this week in and week out, I've just, I'm just so proud. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we're proud to thankful. be your, yeah. and thankful to be your pastors and your leaders, because because here's what we know: uh, God's going to touch your lives, and that's truly what True. we care about. Is that you are giving access for God to do something great and incredible in the area yeah. of our finances? Celebration! We're not going to fear financial lack. We're going to believe for an abundance right in the middle of a crisis. Yeah. Come on, we're going to agree for that. So as you're giving today, or you're, you're going to do it after this, this service today or whenever you do it. We're going to come in agreement for God to touch yeah. your life financially. Father, we thank you that you are our provider. God, we acknowledge you and we trust you. We believe that every dollar in our hand has come from you. And God, in response to your great love for us, God, we in turn place our total trust in you. God, we bring our tithe into the storehouse. God, we sow our offerings. We believe that blessing and favor is on our life. God, we believe that you, in the middle of this season, even empower us to be able to be generous to the world around us. God, we thank you for your favor on our life, for increase. God, we ask for new jobs to come in, for people to be hired back. God, for promotions to happen in the midst of of what seems to be a lackful place. God, we declare that, that debts will be canceled and unexpected money will come to those who keep their trust in you. God, we call your people blessed. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 We call you blessed. Yeah. Blessed, blessed, Mm blessed. Hey, we're going to do something a little different today. We had planned to bring an inspirational message like we typically do. Mm -hmm. But I really felt like uh, God just really wanted us to take a time out and talk to the the family of celebration and certainly our our friends and guests who are also watching. And we want to just kind of talk about what this looks like moving moving forward. Uh, to give maybe uh, the church family some perspective to help lead us in the direction that we need to go as a church family. So really what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the elephant (laughs) in the room, so to speak. You you know, you know what that is, right? Uh, Like, uh, uh, when do my kids go back to school? Yeah, yeah. that's the elephant in the room, right? (laughs) Or uh, when's my husband going to go back to work? He's driving me crazy. I can't stand it. any longer, or hey, when can I get out of this house? And yeah. for us as a church community, we're asking the question, hey, when are we going to get back to having church like we used to have? And so yeah. uh, here's, here's what we know, and here's what we want to talk about today, is you can't plan 
and prepare for what you don't know. Mm -hmm. You can only plan and build for what you do know. Right. And so uh, when it comes to when's your husband going to go back to work mm -hmm. and when your favorite restaurant's going to open back up and when we're going to have church like we used to have it, yeah. the truth of the matter is, is that uh, we, we, we just don't, we don't know. But I want to talk to you today because I want to encourage the people we're pastoring yeah. that this is not the time to go on pause. I honestly believe that this is a time for a reset. I don't think it's the time to hold our breath and say, right. man, when can we get back to the mm -hmm. life we know and, and the life we like and the life we love? <laughs> uh, what, what if we never get back to that life? What if God has a better life? And so... Instead of pushing the pause button yeah. uh, in our conversation today with you, we're going to encourage and perhaps challenge and direct you to really push the reset That's good. button in your life. You know, in the book of Isaiah, I love it because God says this. God, God, God uh, gives an invitation to his people. He says, ask me about those things to come. And all of those things that my hands are working on in that moment. What, what do we do hmm. in this moment? Because one of the things that, that God has given me uh, in, in, when this whole COVID-19 thing began is, is don't miss the God in this, in this moment. And my encouragement to the, to the church is, is, church, don't miss the God in this moment. And I love in Isaiah because he says, he says, ask of me, uh, pray, seek my face, and ask of me of what I'm doing, what my hands are doing in yeah. that moment. I'm here to tell you, God is doing something right now in this moment. And I would hate for us to be a church on pause trying to right. wait to go back to something instead of resetting ourselves to really embrace something that God is doing. Yeah. The other, uh, uh, the other uh, verse that I want to bring to your attention that has really been a guiding post in my life the last several weeks is Psalms 119, verse 18. Mm -hmm. David prayed this prayer, and I would encourage us as a church to pray this prayer. He said, God, open my eyes to all of your wonderful things. <laughs> uh, you may not think there's anything wonderful right now, but I truly believe, and I believe as we talk today, really that true. God is going to open our eyes as a church to the wonderful things, the opportunities that God has right here yeah. in this moment. We're talking about the elephant in the room. When are we going back to church? We don't know. But here's what we do know yeah. is there is wonderful things and God opportunities that I believe can mobilize the church family so that we can reset good. and be productive Very in good. reaching and touching not only our lives and our families, yeah. but a world around That's us. Really a lot of this conversation certainly has come from my, my time talking to, with my wife uh, in, in our quiet times. And then with, with my son, Nick, the other day, we kind of got into this conversation. And I thought, man, we just need to bring this conversation to the church because, because we don't need to just, oh, just hold on, hoping, right. hoping we're going to get back to church. What, what if there's something to really be embraced? And my yeah. son began to share some things that I think is very powerful that's going to set the conversation today that I really, I really believe is going to direct us to the next steps uh, of, of the church Good. and to the community of celebration. So, so Nick, I don't know if you want to go ahead and hit it or. Yeah. No. 
yeah, I mean, a- absolutely. I-, I think it's interesting because perspective is 100% everything. And it's easy in tumultuous, turbulent times to sometimes feel like we don't know what to do when in reality it's the opportunity to practice the things that we actually do know what to do. So good. Um, you, you, just, you just talked about this, this whole thing. You can't focus on the things that you don't know. Yeah. You have to focus on the things that you do know. But the nature of trouble is that it's so intoxicating <laughs> that it makes you feel like I don't know what to do. The reality is you do know what to do. All the things that your spiritual leaders, the people that you look to for guidance have been coaching you in prior to crisis are the things that are going to actually get you through the crisis. This is why I love when you sit here and talk about things like giving and generosity, empathy, uh, compassion, love. All of these things are the guiding forces that we talk about when times are good. But the whole purpose of those things are to get you through when times are bad. So true. Not just to sustain you when times are good, but to actually give you an ability to rise above circumstance when times are bad. I can't focus on the things that I don't know what to do, but I think you have to realize that you know what to do more than you actually think you know what to do. When you actually tap into the person that I've said I always am, the things that I've said that I've always believed, now is the time to do that. Perspective is everything. You know, we live in a world and a society where I think it's so important just to remember, first off, like how blessed we are. <laughs> like to look around, like we've been able to, to still eat. Our right. families have yeah. still been able to eat somehow, some way. Like we're, we're making it through this crisis when in reality, when you look at the facts, how are we making it through th- these, this, this crisis? And I think that there is this picture of, when we look at our world, uh, when we look at the innovation, we look at all of the incredible things that we get to experience, I think sometimes we just have this assumption like they've almost always been there, the good things in our life, the things that we kind of uh, settle into routine that kind of give us peace. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to remember that, that innovation always comes from desperation. <laughs> meaning we didn't innovate as a world, as a society, as a people, as a community, as the church by things going according to plan. Right. We were forced to be innovative because things didn't go according to plan. So true. Because we encountered trouble, because we encountered problems, because we encountered hardships, because we encountered things that we didn't think were going to go a certain way. We thought it was going to go right and it went left. And because of that, we were forced to have to be innovative. We were forced to have to step into something new. When you look throughout the context and history of Scripture, what's fascinating is this is actually how God works. It's almost as if God wants you wants to keep you out of your comfort zone. And that preaches good when times are good. But when you actually are out of your comfort zone, you feel like your world is falling apart. But when you look back in the Old Testament, how God would lead by the cloud. And when the cloud would move, God would do something different. When Moses would go and speak to the rock, the next time it would be, okay, now we're not going to speak to the rock. Now we're going to strike the rock. It's like he's fascinated with keeping your trust in him and moving things along in a way where he actually enables human beings, the human race, to advance and to innovate uh, in the midst of even things that they don't even understand why they're happening. I, I was reminded of, of uh, this scripture, and you can hop in at any time because I'll just go and rant. You want to say something before I? No, it's really good, son. Okay. You've been ranting all your life. So. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's what I do. Um, in, in the book of Joel, uh, one, of the, one of the prophets, uh, it's fascinating. I encourage you to go read this because there's a lot of just really interesting stuff, stuff in it. In Joel chapter 3, and I'm going to read this out of the message translation. And the, what, the reason I say to read it, because you have to understand the context. In fact, the, the heading on this chapter is this, that God is a safe hiding place. Mm. Like, think about that, that God is a safe hiding place in the midst of trouble, in the midst of trauma. 
And I, I want to kind of hone in. I'm going to read it out of the message translation in verse 9. Um, it says this. It says, prepare for battle. It says, soldiers at attention. Another translation says, to wake up. It says, present arms. It says this, advance. M- move forward. Take ground. Do something new. And this is what it says. This is so interesting. It says, turn your shovels into swords and turn your hose into spears. Let the weak one throw out his chest and say, I'm tough, I'm a fighter. The, the, the part I think I want to emphasize on is this whole idea of first advance, yeah. move forward, because it's a novel idea, but how do you advance when you feel like you're in a sea of sinking things? Yeah. How, how do I move forward when I feel like I'm on pause? How, how am I supposed to move forward when I don't really have anything to move forward with? Right. My society, my government, my emotions, my yeah. facts, my feelings, they're, they're all telling me that I'm stuck. And yet, here for us, within the context of our faith, God wants us in these times of feeling stuck yeah. to, to advance. Right. right? He, says, he says this. He says to turn your shovels into swords and turn your hose into spears. In other words, take what you have and use it for something different. Wow. Take, take the things that God has given you that you have grown accustomed to and comfortable with using them in one way, and now the cloud is moving. Now we're not going to speak to the rock. We're going to hit the, we're gonna strike the rock. There, there's something fresh that is coming, but in order for you to innovate, you're going, you actually have something at your disposal. It's not something that's far out. It's usually closer than you think. Yeah. Usually when we're in times of desperation, we think, where's the big, great idea? Right. And most of the time, it's right under your yeah. nose. Most of the time, it's a gardening tool that you already have that needs to be converted into a spear. Yeah. Taking what you have and so using good. it for something different. Taking what you have, taking the resource. So I think even to ask you guys, because I think within the context of what we're talking about as a church this morning, are these big, somewhat cosmic questions of, that have these unknowns of like, well, when do we go, when, when do things go back to normal? Or what does the church look like in the future? I think within the context of this, taking what we have and making something different. It's not something that is completely different. It's taking what we have and focusing it in a new direction, innovating it into what maybe it was supposed to be all along or what God is wanting to do to actually expand and to enlarge, to to advance, as the text says, to to take ground, to move you forward. Maybe yeah. for, and you can, you can go wherever you want yeah. with this, but I think it would be, you know, at some point to jump in and, and even give clarity to what does that look like for us? How are we taking our gardening tools and converting them into spears in, in this season? Good question. And you're going to answer that. <laughs> you, you know, let me, let me just say really, I think, let, let's, just, let's just let the, the, the cat out of the bag here, is that what we do know is that we're doing church online. Yeah. We never thought we would do this like this, and we can sit here and wait till we come back and have church gatherings, and I'm looking forward to that day, and that day will eventually happen. But, yeah. but what if it is time to change, you know, the farming tools into some war tools? And uh, I think the clarity of that, and I love, I just want to say this before I, I, I go more into that, is I love how the, the, the preface is, is wake up the mighty men. Right. And I think we have to wake up to the moment. We have to wake up to the opportunity. Yeah. Instead of sitting here going, well, I don't know. I don't know. When we're going to have church, I don't know. When we're going to gather again, I don't know. Instead of focusing on what we don't know, it's what we do know is that we have a platform of technology that we can continue to dial in right. and enhance mm-hmm. and sharpen right. to where we as a church body become more 
effective. And so I think that that is some of the passion points here is, a, is like we can sit here week after week and say, man, we sure miss you. Hope we get to have church soon and, uh, and just deal with the unknown. Or we can go ahead and leverage instead of pausing and, and setting, we can reset and be more effective and reach a world and a community that when perhaps we're able to gather as a church, we actually have built something that's more powerful and far-reaching than right. what we would have ever had so if we would have just sat and, you know, yeah. watched a bunch of movies on Netflix. So, right, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you want I to. do find it interesting that, you know, God speaks to all of us and probably even you right now. You know that there's been things that God has, has been talking to you about that you kind of just override because you're just in the routine of stuff. And it's when that pressure comes or uh, the, you know, we feel like the pause button has been hit that then you're like, oh, those dreams can come alive. Oh, we can start doing some of those things that we've had on the, on the back burner, you know. And uh, so I, I, I think the times of pressure is, are the times of great opportunity then to see the change. Yeah. And, and help, help me to clarify this because what we want to do is not only uh, speak to us uh, as far as moving forward as a church family, but this biblical truth is is for you personally. It's for you and your home. It's 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 time to make perhaps some adjustments in your life to 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 see God in a brand new dimension. But for us as a church, and the reason why we want to have this conversation is to is to really mobilize our church family in what we do know. And what we do know is that we're going to continue to having these worship experiences online. So every weekend, we're going to have church, and we're hoping and believing and expecting those that call celebration their family that you're making your homes a place of worship, that you're not just laying back there and sleeping on the job, but we're actually worshiping the Lord in this moment together. That's, that's what we're going to continue yeah. to do, and I think we're going to be even more effective in doing that, that even when we come back uh, to have church in perhaps a building, uh, we can be bigger than a building because even right now we're, we're talking to people that live outside of the Fresno uh, city limits. We're talking to people in other states, other communities, other other nations, and so celebration can actually become bigger. So what we do know is that we could use this platform and be more effective in our worship experiences, and we're going to continue to do that. Mm. It, you, you know that we've already started our morning de devotionals. They go every morning at 9 o'clock. You know what? We're going to continue to do those. If we go back to work and come back to church, and but, but, but now we can pastor you not just on Sunday, Hey, we're leveraging a platform. We're learning and we're growing and we're building that we can actually speak into your life on a Monday and a Tuesday every morning. Yeah. And so what are we going to do? We're going to leverage this technology to continue to have great worship experiences. Our first Wednesday, uh, we're going to have a worship experience. Yeah. And, and if you can't come to this room, guess what? We're still going to have church. We're going to use the technology and, and we're, we're, we're going, going to impact lives through mm -hmm. worship experiences, through, through online experiences during the week, on weekends. You can continue to expect that. That's the practical. And that's really what most of you already know that we're doing. And we're going to enhance that. Yeah. But one of the other things that we want to do is that we're, we're, we have an expectation from you. We want to build community. And with technology through like Zoom platforms and stuff, 
we can begin to have groups gather all yeah. over all over the world through technology. And so instead of you just sitting and watching church, we're asking celebration as we begin to roll out some of the moves that we're going to make that, that if you're part of celebration, we need you to get involved in celebration. And we're going to do that yeah. through some technology platforms of groups. And so we're excited yeah. about that. Not only can you be pastored through inspirational messages, but now we can, uh, we can do life together in groups right. and through some of these technologies, we can, we, can, we can see everybody uh -huh. in their homes and we can, we can actually have content, uh, discipleship. We're, we're planning on doing discipleship uh, formats of groups uh, that you can get involved with. We're going to do, um, we're gonna do um, some uh, prayer groups. We're going to do uh, some good. special curriculum that really deals with where, we, where you're Very at. Good. There's people that are lonely, depressed, people needing a shot in the arm yeah. uh, of faith. But what's great about the group format is you're not just sitting back watching. Mm -hmm. Now you're participating. So not only are we going to use this technology to continue to give worship experiences, but as a church, uh, we're expecting and we're asking you as we begin to roll this out to get involved online through technology. I, I hope I'm communicating that. Yeah, you are. I think that's our greatest uh, concern in this time is that when we're not seeing you face-to-face, -face, that we kind of feel like we're losing touch with people, you know, losing uh, the ability to hear your concerns or to know where you're at or just to reach out and show that we care. And I think this is a great opportunity for us all then to be the body of Christ for each other and we all can connect through these uh, small group online platforms that, that really then allow us to stay in contact with each other, uh, be an encouragement to one another, uh, still be that influence into each other's life because, again, we are better together. And just because I can't sit by you and touch you, we still can connect how we can on these platforms because we still are better together. And so this is a great opportunity for us to connect and continue to grow. What well, allows us to do what we believe, yeah. doing life together. Yeah. And I think we can sit back and think, well, that's us in a building, yeah. but, but, but we don't know. We, we, we don't have that right. promise. But we do have a miracle of technology that sure. we can do life together. So there's a couple things that yeah. I really want to make sure that I'm, I'm clarifying is you can expect from your pastors that we're going to continue <laughs> to give you inspirational content, worship services, gatherings where we're going to have church together. But, but I'm asking you, Celebration family, I have an expectation on you. In fact, our pastors are going to begin to reach out to you and, and connect with the church body. We're going to ask you to begin to do life with us together on the online formats yeah. where you're not just watching, but now you're participating. Good. And I'm telling you, we've got some great curriculum uh, some, 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 some Bible help that we can watch together and then we can get yeah. into conversation and we can grow spiritually together mm -hmm. and, and become the people that God wants us to be. Instead of pausing, we can reset and, and, and begin to develop like we've never developed so good. that when we do come back together, man, we can be so much further Very down good. the road. So I, I'm excited about yeah. uh, using that. And I, I want, Nick, I want you to, um, I want you to speak to this because this is something, and my son does this. Actually, he takes after his mom. 
um, they, they just have a way of, 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 of giving you a word picture where, oh, I'm stupid, I get it. But, but one of the things that Nick has really, in, in our conversation, has helped me to see is that the very thing that so many of us preachers have criticized through the years is really the very thing that has become a miracle to sustain the yeah. church. Yeah, I, I, I think we talked about this. When, when you're staring at a sea of sinking things, you have to pay attention to the things that float. And it's important to remember, I think, for all of us in this season, the things that we're talking about and even, you know, taking this weekend to encourage you and maybe just give clarity on where we're going. This is not about personal preference. This is about purpose. Anytime you go through chaos, you have to dig into your fundamental core values as a person. So when we talk about the church, why does the church exist? Why, why is the church important to you and your family? Why, why do you watch? Why, why do you go here? If you think about it, it's really not because it's a social club. It's not something that you do just for fun. We understand in what we do that we exist as a church to help coach you in living the life that God has for you, that you could know God, that you could find freedom, remove those things that are standing between you and the life that you want to have, that you can discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. Right. So, so what is changing? Um, nothing and everything all at the same time. It's like the perp, the re, you, you need this. You need the church in your life more than ever. Why? Because you need coaching more than ever of how to live the life that God has for you. I need coaching more than ever in how to live the life that God, that God has for me. The reason why it's important to remember, okay, man, you know, that's so different. I don't know. But it's not, a, it's not about preference. It's about the purpose. I, I need that in my life. And I think that um, when we're talking about the use of technology, this is just the reason why we're talking about that is because it's one of the things that float in the midst of a sea of sinking things. It has been the thing, I said this, uh, I think, last weekend or a couple weekends ago, that the thing that we used to mock has literally become our miracle. Like, whatever everybody get off their phones, and it's separating our relationships, and people aren't connected. And yet, right now, it's our saving grace. It's the only way you get to FaceTime your kids and your grandkids yeah. and your neighbors and the people that you care about to check on them. The thing that we used to mock has literally become our, our miracle. Thank God for technology. Thank God for the ability to us still be able to meet uh, to, to today in this yeah. place. So why are we talking so much about we're going to keep inspiring you through technology? Because it's one of the floating things. Yeah. And yeah. will it always be a floating thing? I don't know. But it's not about personal preference. Right. For us, it's about the purpose. God has established the church, not man, not humans. God has established his church to help coach his people, to make disciples, to go into all the world, to show them the life that God has for yeah. them. We'll continue to be that. By yeah. what means? By all means. Well, by all means, all means necessary. And, you know, I, maybe I'll, I'll say this and then I'll, uh, I think what's interesting because it, I think it's important to remember, and, and I want to say this too, to business leaders, to leaders of families, to people in your vocational circles that are thinking, where do I go from here? You know where, I'm, I got to tell you, where you, you have to advance as the scriptures. Where do I go from here? I, I, you advance, you, you, you wake up, wake up to what? It's easy to feel like I can't do anything. I, I can't go outside. I can't go to work. I can't go to the park. It's easy to allow the things that you can't do to blind you from the things that you can do. It causes you to take on this um, either uh, anemic, pulled back, defeated mentality, or you become a neighborhood warrior and you're like militant in everything that you do, and I'm gonna do it anyway. And, and it's not that. And, I, and I, want, I want you to catch this because in reading some of the terminology in the scripture, you would almost think like it's time to take it by force, it's time to make things happen. 
And I'm here to tell you it's more about a perspective than anything. It's more about an openness of heart to ask God, where do I, I, I go from here? It's not a militant thing because remember our faith. Everything that God has done, he already did through the work on the cross, meaning your future is searching for you. It's trying to find you. You don't gotta work for it. You don't gotta hustle your way into it. All of these principles that we teach, they still remain. The things that are meant for you are trying to find you. This is why I find it interesting. And you, you'll love this. In, in the book of Joel, it talks about this, to take your shovels and turn them into swords, to take your hose and turn them into spears. What's interesting, if you read it in one of the major prophets in Isaiah, um, in Isaiah chapter 2, it says it like this. It says it backwards. It says they'll turn their swords into shovels and their spears into hoes. In other words, it comes, it comes, it comes back around because, because here's, here's the thing. It's, it's not about the opposition. It's about the opportunity. It's not about what you're facing that you're up against, that you got a war and you got to fight and you got to pray and you got to fast and you got to, no, Jesus died upon the cross to be the thing that stands in the, that gives you authority to be able to move mountains, to be able to have faith. What I'm looking at is not the opposition. What is the mountain that I have to climb? What is the business? I'm going to have to break through some things. No, where is the opportunity? This is, this is the focus, not focusing on the things that I can't do, but focusing on the things that I, that I can do. Where is the opportunity? This is the question that you have to ask, business owner. This is the question that you have to ask, church leader. This is the question that you have to ask in whatever sphere you find yourself. Don't look at the opposition. Search for the opportunity. Very good. God, what are you wanting to Come do on. in this season? What is the do-, do you want me to take my gardening tools and turn them into weapons, or do you want me to take my weapons wow. and turn them into gardening tools? Uh, Very good. Wow. So true. So good. So good. What what are we saying, man? You know what? As a church, we're going to adapt. That's what we're saying. And we're going to build. We're not going on pause. We're going to seize the moment, and we're going to become the church that God has called us to become. And that means we need you in community. We need you connected, and we need you in the game. So it's not just sitting in your homes. Watching, watching the show, we're asking you. You can expect we're going to give you. We're going to pastor you. We're going to lead you. But we're, gonna, we're, we're coming after you, and we're going to get you involved, and we're going to get you mobilized. And we're, gonna, we're, we're not leaving anybody behind. We're, we're going to grow through this and get to the other side and continue, as we always have in the last 28 years of this ministry, is we're going to continue to adapt to reach our community and our, our world. Very good. I think I I really believe this. I feel this this morning, even as we're talking. Um, I think sometimes what God does, He's a master at is taking. He takes ashes and He makes beauty, Mm -hmm. right? He takes the bad things and He somehow works it together for for your good. This situation is no different. Mm -hmm. I'm here to to tell you to set your eyes Mm -hmm. on the things ahead. Set your eyes on the opportunity. Sometimes what God is trying to show you is what you have in your hand is capable of more than you think that it's capable of. And if you think about even within the context of church, in the context of business, in the context of family, whatever your sphere is, yeah. if you could use this season right, what are things, gonna, is it going to come back full circle? I don't know. But here's what I do know. If you do the right thing with this season, you'll be 10 times stronger in Very the true. next season Very because true. something you were using for one purpose now has multiple yeah. purposes. Yeah. So good. Man. Good. Uh, I'm just here to tell you we're in the middle of greater things. Celebration family. That's our word, just because it doesn't look like it. I'm here to tell you, we are in, wow, the midst of greater things. Come on, greater things are coming to your lives, coming to your homes, and we just want to wake up the people of God to say, hey, there's something 
to be seen in this moment. God is moving in this moment, and we're asking you to come alive yeah. and get involved. Get involved in community, and let's do this thing together so that when we're able to, to, to adapt again to the, to the next move that God's doing, that, that we're going to be even more Good. effective. We're going to wrap up this time uh, today with, with just this last thought, and I'm, it's something I'm really, really passionate about, it. and I, I want to ask you really to hear what I'm getting ready to say. There's a story in the Bible where where David has the desire to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. You see, the Ark of the Covenant had actually been stolen under uh, Saul's reign. The Philistines had stolen that, and, and David wants to bring it back to Jerusalem because the box, the Ark of the Covenant, represents the presence of God. And there was a whole generation under Saul's reign where they actually did the church thing, but they did it without the presence of, of God. And David says, we're, we're not doing church that way. If we're going to do church, we're going to do it with the presence of God. And so David sends his people back to get the Ark of the Covenant, and they're, they're bringing it on the Bible. The Bible says on a, a, a new cart. They, they, they wanted to make it quicker, so they got some ox, and they built a cart, and, and, and they bring in the presence of God back to Jerusalem because David had a passion for the presence of God. And the Bible says one of the ox stumbled, and the Ark became unstable, and there was a man by the name of Uzzah that reached up and tried to stabilize the ark. And once he touched the box, the ark of the covenant, the Bible says he died instantly. And it confused David. It actually made David very angry. And uh, he didn't know what to do. He, 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 he said, I can't live without the presence of God. And so what he does is he goes and knocks on a, a door, a house. And a guy uh, by the name of Obed-Edom opens up the door. And David says, hey, I need to drop this box off at your house. And uh, I'm going to go back to Jerusalem, and I'm going to figure out what I've done wrong. I know God wants the box, the, the presence, the t it back in the tabernacle, but i got to go figure out the protocol for, for bringing back the ark. And Nobedidom uh, uh, invites that box into his living room, and the Bible says that, that the ark of the covenant was in that man's house, his house. Where are you at today? That, that, that ark, the presence, was in his house for for three months. And I want to read to you what the Bible says in 2 Samuel, and you can read the whole story there. But the 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 11, it says, The ark of the Lord remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months. And the Lord, catch this, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his entire household. Celebration, friends, guests, hear this today. Maybe just maybe, us being forced to do church in our homes is bringing a blessing to our homes that we would have never had outside of this situation, because God always gets in the midst of our lemons, and he makes lemonade. And here's what I want you to hear is that when Obed-Edom opened his doors and brought God's presence, and he hosted God's presence for the next three months, the Bible says that the presence of God in his home blessed, empowered them to succeed in every area of their life. It blessed not just Obed-Edom, but it blessed his whole family. Well, what did that look like? Well, if you look at that word blessed, it, 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 it means healing happen. It means, it means deliverances happen. I can just see his teenage kid that had acne problem and 
And all of a sudden, she doesn't have that problem anymore. Or perhaps one of his children had maybe had vision problems. And all of a sudden, because of the presence of God in their home, it wasn't something they went to at church. It, it actually came home with them that all of a sudden, blind eyes that couldn't see possibly could see. I, I don't know what it, what, what it was like, but the Bible says in that home, it affected the whole household. I don't know what your, your, your situation is in your home today, whether it be a financial issue or maybe your babies need a miracle, need healing. Maybe your marriage needs, needs some help. And this has not helped it by you being cooped up together. I'm here to tell you the presence of God, the power of God in your home can fix every issue that's in your home. And then instead of us just saying, hey, I can't wait till we go have church, how about having church in our, in our homes and believing that we come out of this being blessed, that everybody in our household is blessed, that the healings that are needed, that we're going to see them. Come on, we're going to see them. Come on, I speak to vision issues right now, those eyes being made perfect right now. I speak to situations where, where you have doctor reports of maybe cancer or, or blood issues or, or organ problems or back problems or migraine headaches. I just speak healing because the presence of God is in your homes today. Maybe we shouldn't be so antsy to, to, to get back to something. Maybe we should invite the presence into our home. And, and the Bible says that it impacted his whole household David finally figures out how to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. So he goes and knocks on Obed-Edom's door, and he takes the Ark back to Jerusalem. And here's what most people don't know. The Bible says Obed-Edom was so touched by the presence of God in his home that he and his whole household begin to spend their life chasing and seeking after the presence of God. His whole household actually moved to Jerusalem. The Bible says he had eight children. The Bible says in his household were some 70-plus people. And do you know what they ended up doing? They left all that they knew, and they became worship leaders in the tabernacle. They became gatekeepers. They were so moved by the presence of God, they said, we're not going to live our lives without the presence of God. And that's my prayer. That's my desire is, is that we have such an, an experience with the presence of God in our homes that it transforms our priorities, that we as a church come out of this moment not only blessed, but wherever God is going, whatever God is doing, you can sign me up. You can sign my family up because we're talking about household blessing. I want you to receive its celebration today. We declare that over your lives. Whatever's broken, whatever's missing, my wife's going to pray in just a moment. We're going to pray for the needs and the issues. Whatever's going on, the discouragement, those suicidal thoughts, that addiction, I don't know, maybe the fear, the fear of the, of, 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 of the coronavirus, I, maybe some other health issue, the financial issue. I think there's so many kinds of viruses that are attacking us. But I'm here to tell you, the presence of God in your home can fix every issue in your home. Celebration, family, friends, let's seize this moment and let's come out of this crisis greater and better than we've ever been. I'm here to tell you, you're blessed. Your whole household is blessed. We're going to pray. We're going to go back into one more song.
we're going to seal the deal with worship. And I'm going to ask you, maybe even in your homes uh, or wherever you're at, hospitals, you're at work, you're in your cars, would you really, as we end this service today, just open your heart? We're going to pray. We're going to sing. Don't spectate. Would you participate and let God radically change your life and your household? I kind of feel like I'm knocking on your door today. Would you let the presence come in? Would you let God come and change who you are and change the priorities of your home? Would you let God come in and, and heal you of that cancer and heal you of that disease and heal you of those? That I, I, I keep feeling this vision issue. I speak to blind eyes to be open. I speak to deaf ears to be open. I speak to those that are crippled to be healed. I speak health and wholeness. I speak to to heart issues, be, be made whole in Jesus' name. To blood issues, be made. Leukemia, I declare you are healed in Jesus' name. Back problems be gone. Depression be gone. I, I speak to every addiction. We break you by the power of Almighty God. We plead the blood of Jesus over every home in Jesus' name. We're going to pray. And we're going to worship. And I believe this has been a pivotal day for the family of celebration. Yes, Lord. Father, we say yes to you today. God, we open up our heart to you. We open up our home to you. We say, God, you are welcome in our lives, in our homes. Your presence is needed here. God, we say yes to a new perspective. God, we say yes to the vision that you're restoring. God, we say yes to this moment. We say, count me in. We say we and our family, as for us, we will serve and passionately advance for the kingdom of God. God, we just declare that what you've begun in us, we say yes to. God, we open up our heart to that. God, we allow it to transform our families, to transform our relationships. God, to bring transformation to our businesses, our finances. God, our mental health. God, your presence in our lives changes everything. And God, we say yes to that. God, we declare today we are the church. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We house the very presence of Almighty God. God, we recognize that and we declare that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's worship. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 